A guy's opening line to me on Tinder once was, are you petrol? Because I'd pump you in the back of a van. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, that was an instant block. I don't think I would block that. Hello, I'm Sean McDonald. You're listening to Blethered, and my guest is Jess Tedds. Originally from Leicester in England, fully adopted Scott Jess quickly became well known as a result of her very popular Instagram account, Just Jess Food. What started as an enjoyable wee side hustle sharing food recipes rapidly culminated in her leaving a full time job in fashion to become a content creator, podcaster, traveller, and, in her own words, romanticiser of life. You'll hear Jess explain how a Saturday job in her mum's cafe at just 13 years old went on to become one of the most significant and determining experiences of her life, laying the groundwork for an invaluable ability to engage with people. Jess talks me through a burgeoning career in fashion with frequent travels all over the globe, including Bangladesh on their own at the age of 22. And you'll find out how the town of Motherwell, somewhere Jess had never heard of, led to a new life in Scotland and a complete shift in direction to where she is today. Right, stay tuned to find out why Jess and her podcast co-host Zoe have an episode called I Want to Lick Your Fart Box. I'm sure there's a perfectly normal explanation for that. Anyway, hope you enjoy. Right, everybody can go back to a point, a place, a time, an incident, and they can kind of pinpoint that as, this is when life started for me. Mm-hmm. Would your place be, would it be Narbra Road? <laughs> oh my God, yes. Right. That is exactly what I was thinking. Is uh, Polly's, is it still there? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not there anymore, no, but Polly's Pantry, yeah. yeah. That tell, is so weird you said that. Tell me about that, that's kind of... And my understanding is that was kind of like the making of you. You could have gone either way. You could have remained a shy wee girl. You could have become the blustery, sort of confident person we all know. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. Um, My mum was a chef uh, when she was growing up or when she was similar age to me, I guess. But then when I was 13, she decided to open a sandwich shop, cob shop. Yeah, Cobb, let's still go through that because I was saying that yesterday, like Cobb. So that's a Leicester word for a sandwich. That is a Leicester word, yeah. I think it's Leicester through and through. I've, I've spoke to a few people, I'm not sure anyone else says Cobb, but they would say like barn cake, bap, roll. But here it's a roll, isn't it? Roll and sausage. Yeah, yeah. But it would be a sausage cob or a bacon cob. It's um, bizarre, isn't it? And I mean, not for you, but to me it is. And you say crispy, we'd say crusty. Oh, really? <laughs> Which is just like, vile now thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, the connotations are, are synonyms are crusty, are like <laughs> disgusting, yeah, disgusting, rotten. But they'd be like, I, bake, I want a bacon crusty cob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my mum had this sandwich shop and I just did it as a, a Saturday job, basically. She'd give me mm. 20 quid cash in hand. I was buzzing. Um, and I still remember we had a camera facing the shop front. So it's basically think of like a proper greasy calf. My mum's back then, there was a little bit more feminine. It was pink and cream and the builders still loved it. All the workies came in, but it was still a little bit cleaner than probably what you'd imagine, but it still 
served all those big greasy yeah. cobs, if you like. And anyway, the camera faced the front and in the back we could see everybody that was in there, the customers. And Narb Road isn't really, it's not really a very posh area. It's it's a little bit rough. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can imagine the clientele was a little bit scary sometimes, especially for a 13 year old girl. Right. And my mum would be like, right, get your, you know, your little notepads that you rip off and write something down in a, as a waitress. She'd make me go out there and serve all these very scary, questionable groups of guys. And I think from that point, yeah, that was when um, my confidence had to grow. Yeah, you're kind of thrown out of the deep end, sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Has your, your mum, is she like the most, I'm sure other family members exist, yeah. but has she been the most fundamental sort of influence oh, in your life? 100%, yeah. Because even, we'll get there, right, because I'm skipping in the chronology, but when she sends you to that country house and that girl Charlotte opens the door when you go to apply for the job. I'm obsessed that you know all this. I, but I was, there's so many instances where it's like, she's like, no, nah, fucking do it. And she yeah. makes you jump until eventually, I suppose you just jump yourself without being yeah. told. 100%. She has been, she's been through an awful lot in her life. And I think now looking back I realized how much of an amazing woman she is and what she's been through she still has her struggles and she's now actually going uh, she's now going into a career of psychotherapy I think people tend to do that don't they when yeah. they've been through shit in their life but she is an amazing woman and she literally worships the ground that I walk on and sometimes that can be quite frustrating because it is just me and her we are like best friends and we do clash mm. um, and growing up we, we would fight like cat and dog but also I probably didn't appreciate what she did for me until I'm older. Man, 100%. Like, I, I can relate. We were just talking, obviously, before we started recording. Like, we've got really similar backgrounds. Yeah. Born tw- Literally born 12 days apart. Yeah. Had a single parent family as well. And I think the, it's the older you get, the more you look back. I think it's like when I get to the, the age I am, when I look at my mum, I'm like, yeah. fuck, she had a 14-year-old. At that, like, with the age I am, and, like, I can barely just keep myself alive. So were you an only child? Or? Yeah, only really? child, just me and her, yeah. No way, and, that uh, is so similar then. Aye, and it's like, so the older you get, you're like, oh, fuck, like, I realised kind of what she was going through. Yeah. I think the older I get, the less hard I am on my mum, so I'm like, fucking hell, like, she yeah. did so remarkably well. I'm still battling that. I think with my mum, she really wants to spend a lot of time with me because I live in Scotland, she still lives in Leicester. Yeah. And I think that must be hard for her, but she now has... Um, a husband and he's got two children so I think she gets that from my stepsister yeah slightly but she misses me but yeah. yeah we we had some time together growing up she's amazing but it wasn't it wasn't easy and my, my I have to admit my grandparents were an amazing support on my mum because she had to go back to work mm-hmm. because my dad and her split when I was 18 months and my dad will be the first to admit this but he wasn't a very good dad for the best part of my youth mm. um to me he's an amazing dad now to my sister but I think he ended up getting with another woman um, who was my stepmom for many years. And yeah, it wasn't a very great time for me, to be honest. Mm. But now we managed to rebuild a relationship, somewhat a relationship from when I was about 16 to now. And we get on really well. And I think he regrets that every day. Yeah. Do you feel like the older you get as well and just the more you know about life, you kind of can sometimes take a step back because you're obviously emotionally invested and involved, but you can kind of take a step back and go... Fuck, it might be my parents, but they are also humans. And exactly. we, we all get it wrong, like sometimes monumentally. One, well, my dad was my age. 
And yeah. I think to myself, if I was with someone that I, you know, I didn't love anymore and I had a newborn baby, what would happen? Then you, you go and get with somebody else. Life gets in the way. And I'm not yeah. saying that it was the right thing that happened. He tried his very best. But when I look back, I do I did miss that male figure in my life, I yeah. think. And that is probably a lot of reasons as to why I'm the way I am today. Um, I don't regret it. I actually think I'm grateful for what happened with my upbringing. But... Yeah, I think for him, he probably would regret missing such a fundamental part of his daughter's life. Mm. And he's so proud of me, and we get on really amazing now. But It's funny yeah. saying that, you wouldn't change anything. Sometimes no. when you talk about the past, people say to me, oh, that's a real shame. And I'm like, no, I maybe, but I wouldn't fucking change a single thing of it. Not a single thing, honestly. Aye. I'm thankful for it all, because it's made me who I am. It's the making of you, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody always associates you completely with food, but fashion... Maybe if people have joined your sort of, I, your, people have maybe joined your journey and thought, oh, she's just always been all about food. But is River Island, is that your first job? River Island was <laughs> my first job, yeah. So when I, like I say, me and my mum didn't get along too well uh, in the sandwich shop. When I was, you know, I was a teenager, I was 13. I remember I, TMI, but I started my period in that shop. Like everything for my going into a young woman happened in that shop. Yeah. And I think my mum couldn't deal with the hormones and just me growing up. And I was just like, fuck off. <laughs> and I wanted to be in fashion. I think any sort of young girl would want to be that back in the day. Social media wasn't a thing when I was young. No. And I remember River Island was opening up at a place called Foss Park. And she was like, go and apply there. <coughs> I did. I was 15. I don't even know if that's legal. You can. No, I don't retail. think so. Back then it was. Was it? Because yeah. I had to wait till I was 16 to join JD Sports. Really? At Glasgow Fort, no yeah. <laughs> yeah. So similar. But yeah, so 15 was when I went to River Island and worked there for a few years. But at the same time, I was working, I was going to college and yeah. whatnot. So yeah, that's when my f- love for fashion began. So Doing I thought, anyway. Studying a BTech National Diploma in Fashion Design at Leicester College. Yeah. And you go and work at Guest Jeans, you're moving up in the world. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're becoming more prestigious. I did. I shop. went to and worked at Vista Village for a few weeks as well. So I got a bit of experience there. Um, attempted to get into Sir Philip Green. Ugh, thank God I didn't do that. Um, Retail Academy. Got deferred for a year. And then in that time, I went and worked at David Lloyd on the reception or in, in oh, food and beverage f- food and beverage yeah. and then they're like oh we like this person get her out the front that's exactly <laughs> it yeah went to the front uh planned to work there for a year to save because yeah. i wanted to move to london um and then yeah that's when the next part of my journey began never ended up going the all these jobs like did you enjoy them when you were doing them yeah yes and no i mean i met some incredible people some that i still speak to today and a lot of them as you can imagine are quite sociable I'm speaking and meeting and talking to all different kinds of people. Mm. So it's created and built this character um, that I, I guess I am today. It's kind of like, you're, you're quite a big proponent, aren't you? Of You don't have to go to university. And by the way, anybody listening who's fucking grafted for nine years doing <laughs> degrees and masters, absolutely not being disparaging towards it in any way. Yeah. It's great. And for certain careers, you need it. But it's not like the be all and end all, is no. it? No. And I, I found... Be honest, I'm so glad that I stayed true to myself. I had a boyfriend um, at the time when I was young and he went to university at Lincoln. And I remember I used to go and visit him a lot and witness his sort of uni life. And I'll be honest, it just wasn't for me. No, nah, it wasn't I for couldn't me. Re- I couldn't relate to any of the people that he shared a house with. I just thought, I don't know if I can live this sort of life. I don't want it. I want to earn money. And even that, saying that money wasn't even the be all and end all for me either. I just didn't like that environment. I feel like I kind of get the impression that yeah, it's not about the money, 
but it's more just so about the sense of freedom or doing what yeah. you actually want to be doing. And Otherwise, as well. I, what is the point? Yeah, definitely. I always felt like I was quite creative and I knew, I always remember when I was a young girl, my mum took me to um, Universal Studios in Orlando and for years, I'd, so many notebooks that I've opened and I've read and I would always write the same thing. It's like I'm manifesting, not that this has happened, but I would like be manifesting and I'd be like, I am going to be um, a Hollywood superstar one day. I am going to be an actress. I was so convinced I was going to be an actress in Hollywood or mm. my name. I, I find things like you will find my name in lights one day, but I wasn't even that sort of person. I wasn't a drama queen where I'd walk in and it would all be about me. It, to some extent, I guess my mum put me in stage school and I was like the class clown. I was never really excelling at everything. I was always so mediocre through everything in life. Everything was B's and C's in school or E's. I never was a star student, but I had this flair of, I just wanted to be different. I wanted to be creative. I wanted to do something that was, that felt like it was, I don't know, mm. stardom. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I was quite similar at school. But I can imagine you essentially, you possess a certain, je ne sais quoi. I like to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, there's something. Yeah, like, there I don't know what something. it is. It's intangible. It's, it, you can't particularly define it, but it's there. It exists. And yeah. it kind of carries you. It kind of opens doors for you. Yeah. Um, was this when your mum, did she have, encourage you to apply for the fashion admin job because this is when things really start to kick off isn't yeah. it I still remember this so vividly as well I was stood behind reception sneakily on my phone um at David Lloyd and my mum sent me through an ad job advert in the Leicester Mercury and it said I still remember it was 14,000 pounds a year uh, fashion admin um at Desford Hall it was called and again I didn't want to listen to my mum. I didn't want her to be the deciding factor of what I did with my life. But I was like, oh, for God's sake. She's like, you should apply. Send your CV. Went home, wrote, finished my CV. And I said, I'm going to post it. She went, Jessica, it's literally at Desford Hall. It was one mile away. I will drive you there. You're going to post it through the door. And I thought, oh my God, I'm mortified. <laughs> but honestly, let me tell you now, if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have got the job. Well, exactly. I wouldn't. Because as a, like you said, I walked to this humongous beautiful stately home and a girl that I knew that I used to meet in the smoking area of an under eight, under 18's nightclub that's called a, Charlotte that's, that's a Charlotte I was referring yeah, to smoking a fag and she was like Jess and I was like fucking hell hi Charlotte <laughs> and then she went are you here to apply for that job and I went yeah and she just loved me and I loved her like we got on really well and it, I thank her a lot for this as well because she ended up obviously putting my name forward and I was up against three girls that had degrees mm. Sliding doors moments, yeah, innit? Yeah, definitely. You had to do the SWOT analysis. I on did the SWOT analysis on men's uh, woven bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> For anybody who's not obviously like a fashion genius like me and you, <laughs> SWOT was it strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. Yeah. So it's kind of like some proper deep dive. and Because if you showed me a pair of trousers, I'd be like, it's a fucking pair of trousers, mm -hmm. like four pockets. Yeah. And a button. Yeah. But so you, you, you I suppose... You've not just been handy that you can. You have to prove you know what you're actually talking yeah. about. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that I got the job simply because I knew her. That wasn't the case. I still had to have three interviews, mm. and two of which she wasn't in. But I would say, well, they told me it was definitely my character and how I um, delivered the SWOT analysis that got me the job yeah. over the other girls. Because that's what I say. Like with uni, you can be so smart but you're never going to get the life skills and social skills when you do go out and work. And from such a young age at 13 as well, yeah. it definitely helped me 100%. With, I mean, how much did you love it when you started? Because I, I would imagine you maybe have visions of getting in and like 
fucking designing clothes, being like some high-powered fashion exec, but you were taking staples out of folders, weren't (laughs) you? (laughs) So the first day, uh, I was quite, it was quite intimidating, but it was such a beautiful place to work. And I just knew I felt so grateful to be there because it was a tiny business. There was only five women in there at the time. And it kind of remained that way, to be honest. Mm. Um, And they were all ex-Next. So Next head office is based in Leicester. So it was, again, a mile away from and that's another thing I think you might have heard me say. I used to always drive by next head office with my mum and say, I'll work there one day. She said, I know you will. Yeah. And I, I look back and I think, I was manifesting from such a young age. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I made these things happen, but I never directly worked at next, but I would say it was probably better that w- the way I did it. Because I was in there every day, but I was working alongside next because we were a supplier. Yeah. Um, you became like an, a partner as yeah. opposed to an employer. Exactly. And the, yeah, the first day they said to me, right, there was loads of um, files that they had, very old school paper system. And they asked me just to remove all the staples. And I remember standing there at the, oh, it's so vivid, is it even talking about it? But putting the pile of paper on this printer. And I was like, fuck me, is this really my life? <laughs> but I thought, you've got to put the graft in. I'd watch yeah. things like Devil Wears Prada. I know how this starts. <laughs> all right, I'm going to get there. Peacefully. Yeah, I'm going to get there. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved that. Like just getting having to go in, starting a job, and then being like, "Here, mate, bare minimum." And yeah. You get paid a bit. Cool. I used to sit, and that reminds me of um, I used to sit in my art class. I can't I think I've told this before, but I was terrible at art. And in order to get me to stop distracting everybody else, my teacher would put me up the back, and give me <laughs> two tubs of glue, right? And I would like put my fingers in them, and then take them out, let them dry, and then peel the glue off. And looking back, I'm like. Should they have done like some sort of assessment on me? Maybe <laughs> See if you were okay. Put me in a special school. <laughs> <laughs> just That was enough to like sort of placate me. But like, I would have loved it. Just going in and fucking yeah. taking staples out of the uh, It was very different every folder. day. And uh, I learned so much from the amazing women that were there. There was a garment tech, fabric tech, merchandiser, two buyers or three buyers and a product developer. Mm-hmm. And the product developing side, who was Charlotte, was definitely what I aspired to be because it was more creative and very hands-on. Um, and I was just basically the office bitch. I would set up the meetings, getting them ready for the next buyers to come in, but I would make it look so pretty. I still remember to this day as well, there was a time where um, everyone left, and I was so pissed off with how many, there was like old vintage trunks full of just fabric, and one of the main parts of the fashion job is you have to go out and buy clothes to go and basically cut the fabric and basically compare and look at your competitors so there was trunks and trunks of menswear but it hadn't been touched for years so Mm. I would I remember I stayed until midnight and cleaned the whole place from top to bottom the showroom this was and they came in the next day and I didn't say I'd done it because I was too embarrassed but I wanted to do it and then Kate who was my boss for many years who I love dearly she came in and was like what the fuck Mm. and I think that gave me massive brownie points but I didn't do it for that I did it because I was setting the bar of I really wanted to be such an organized person and I wanted to start afresh and even though I'm not like that now I definitely was in my career but as a self-employed person I'm not which is, we can move on to that but yeah and I think that really made them realize how serious I was yeah. I cared about the place in out of office hours I, I, I took pride in it um and yeah they respected me a bit from that it was hard don't get me wrong it was hard I did get I did get made to do some shit jobs. Oh, yeah, I've been there as well. But used to babysit our kids all the time as well. It was, very, it was a very small business type of family place. It wasn't yeah. corporate. It, it kind of puts me in mind of that phrase. I don't know if it was Andrew Carnegie, who's like a Scottish entrepreneur, philanthropist, 
one second fucking richest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, do more than you're paid to do and then yeah. soon you'll be paid more than you actually do. I can't, I'm yeah. paraphrasing it. I've absolutely butchered it. But it's kind of like going over and above and that yeah. that's how you elevate. And I suppose in order to do that, you have to actually sort of fundamentally love the general area that and you're And that's in. what I mean. I think if I didn't love what I was doing or could see um, the potential of the job, yeah. I wouldn't have been bothered to do it. Aye. No, I've been there as well. Because, I mean, I have done fucking bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, I, when I, I worked, I had a job in Barcelona. It was like a wee stopgap for three months. And it was selling uh, sports hospitality packages to businesses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I fucking hate this so much that I'm actually, I really do not want to be phoning people. So instead, I would just get my pals around my desk and we'd phone like taxi yeah. companies in Glasgow and just wind them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. I was a fucking, I'd pretend to be like an old guy uh-huh. and stuff and like get like all mental. I hated it. I know. But then there's other <coughs> things I've done where I have like, yeah, you're going way, way over and above and that's when you start to then progress and ascend yeah, exactly. in it. So yeah. there's something in that. I mean, I'm not fucking giving anybody career advice because I've kind of really taken a piss with so many of those daft yeah. jobs I did. But, but don't get me wrong. I mean, I have as well. There was times where I thought I just can't be asked, but I think at the beginning of that and like I say to you I felt so grateful for this opportunity I knew that it was like a once in a lifetime chance to work for such a small company in Leicester yeah. for next and I was picked against three other girls with you know degrees I thought I'm not fucking this up <laughs> the uh, well so at this point right so you're 22 yeah you've got nobody has ever pulled staples out a folder like you have you have <laughs> You're, really, you're, you're at the top of your game, yeah. but you're going over and above, and then somebody leaves, and Charlotte. you get... Oh, was it Charlotte, Charlotte left? Charlotte left, yeah. She went and to then, go work for Next. She went back to Next. Right, okay. And then you get the call. Oh, by the way, you're going on a work trip, and you're like, oh, I wonder where we're going. Blackpool, uh, Bognor Regis. No, Bangladesh. Bangladesh, yeah. Uh, again, it's so vivid. It's so funny, these core memories in your life, isn't it, where they're so vivid in your brain. Yeah. She was literally just leaving the door, Kate was, to go and pick up her kids. And she looked back at me and she went, you better pack your bags because you, you're going Bangladesh. It was There was no discussion with anybody in the room. They were talking about Charlotte leaving, like, fuck, what are we going to do? And she looked at me and she's like, you, you're next, you're sort off. of thing. And I thought, she be fair. God. No, like, people say, so in Scotland, right, although my mum never said this to me, but there's a, like, a person people use to discipline their kids. And they're yeah. like, if you don't behave, Maggie Murphy's coming to get you. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like, you're going to Bangladesh. Yes. I'm like, no. <laughs> no like, don't say I'll me. be honest with you, though. I was buzzing my tits off. No, I no was. wonder. I was, because they all went for weeks on end, and I'd come back and hear all about it. I just, I'd always had this flair for travel, though. Mm. I just, that's probably why I do what I do now. But I was so excited to experience um, that sort of culture mm. and see it firsthand. Um, and it was the best experience ever, honestly. I miss it so much. It must have been... <laughs> It must have been one that kind of, I don't know, like a contradiction of, of feelings or mm. a sort of an inner conflict because, right, Bangladesh has got about 180 million people. Yeah. But it's got one of the highest, like, wealth disparities you know, but on the, earth. The divide yeah. is crazy. It's so so much wealth but so much poverty. Yeah. And they're all on the same street. And I think, for me, it was a massive culture shock. I couldn't... The traffic system, for a start, is enough to give you nightmares. And... Again, um, this the first couple of trips I always went with Kate, and that's another thing about corporate jobs and why I feel like it's slightly different for me. I think at my age, I would have never have had the opportunity if I went to next to no. go to somewhere, especially unsupervised. 
And I did that a year later. You'd just be like another wee cog, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, they would never have trusted somebody for a start God. or I'll hit you quick, safety. Quick, quick, yeah, cool. quick fire questions about Bangladesh because okay. I'm quite fascinated by it because yeah. I, I doubt I'll ever go yeah. unless I start designing okay. like men's swimming shots. <laughs> well, right, let's talk about Saif. Saif! Yeah. Oh. Angel. I know, <laughs> poor man, fucking hell. That, what, that, so he died Christmas that, Day, twenty eighteen. Yeah, that was awful. I, that was so sad. Um, it was his daughter actually that messaged me on Facebook. But it's so interesting you say this. I think I'm one of those people where I know it was a professional relationship, and most of the girls there also had that. But I'm just, I just feel so deeply with for people, and yeah. I do build sort of emotional connections with all kinds of people that I meet. So and we'll give people a wee background. Sorry, so Saif was a person that was tasked with like looking after you and making sure. Saif you're was right. the account manager right. at the factory over in Bangladesh. Okay. Him and Rashid, there was two of them. Um, and don't get me wrong, the man fucked me off. God bless his soul so much. They they can bare face lie to you, and it was a game of like you were constantly arguing with them because you, again you you bartering prices down. Yeah. It, that's the whole point of it. Um, and they're they're like they're like the middlemen. Um, and it's dog eat dog world out there. Everybody wants needs money, and they know that the the Western world are far more well off than they are. So they they want to take the piss. But equally, we've got to answer to next where they've got yeah. budgets, and it's it's quite difficult. Um, so yeah, we would argue like cat and dog. But I also had a lot of respect for him and just his. I liked his family. I like listening to his stories. I'm very interested in people. So maybe I did cross the line with that in terms of. Um, not cross the line, but you know what I mean? I would always want to know more about that person as opposed yeah. to keeping it more professional. So yeah, I built a really, they looked after me very well and I thank a lot, I thank them a lot for my experience out there. Did you have like a nice hotel and stuff? Just yeah, there? so it was, you stayed in two, it was either the Radisson, Blue or the Westin and that's where all the buyers would stay at that time. It might have changed now. I've probably been set up. I was about to say, like, why the fuck is there a demand for a Radisson in yeah. uh, Bangladesh? Well, that'll be why, because people are going it's to travel It's a massive there. as well. Yeah, it's a massive hotel. Yeah, Huge. I mean, so many. 180 million people. Yeah. So it's about three times. It's all time, gated, like the hotels. About three times the population of the UK. What was the food like? Tragic. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would eat would be Nando's. Um, you get a Nando's over there? You have a Nando's, yeah. No way. Yeah, it's Dhaka, so it's the the big city. But um, Anando's I'd have for lunch every day, and I'd have this is sounds so sick, but I used to be obsessed with Coffee Mate. You know the powdered milk, because they wouldn't give me the normal milk. They would give me Coffee Mate in my coffee. Oh really? So I'd have I'd have a Coffee Mate coffee in Anando's every day. But the food in the hotels wasn't too bad. Like it was buffet style yeah. breakfast. Just think, by the way, there might be somebody listening to this right who lives in like oh, I don't know some far. <laughs> like remote place in Scotland yeah. and they need to travel like to fucking Edinburgh, Glasgow, Fernando's and then in Bangladesh. Bangladesh, you can get one straight to the yeah, door, I, yeah, you can get one easily. Yeah. Uh, and they would all, they would all eat curry and rice for their breakfast, lunch and dinner and they'd eat it with their fingers and when I walk around the office everyone would just be like yamming it with their hands and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to go down the route of criticising other cultures and no. stuff but I struggle with it that's what I mean like when I was in I was in Hong Kong have you been to Hong Kong no I have uh, fuck no, me no been Shanghai but not Jesus Kong. I feel like Shanghai would be worse but it was just there were instances I mean Hong Kong's one of the fanciest places you can go yeah but there are other parts of it where you walk around a corner and you're like oh fuck it's like you're in a shanty town yeah and I I really really struggled with eating in places and yeah. 
spitting in restaurants and you know, no, I, mean, I could not. So I was really hungover. I'd been out, and then it was like we're sitting in McDonald's. And I got my chicken sandwich. I'm like, McDonald's, right, surely? Because what I noticed when I first went, I was all like naive, soaking wet behind the ears. Like, yeah, I'm going to do as the people in Hong Kong do. Five minutes at a restaurant. And I was like, fuck that. I'm having pot noodles for like the rest of the time. <laughs> but I was in uh, having a chicken sandwich and I bit it and it was like luminous pink. So I was like, I feel ill. And then the woman beside me, I'm not going to make the noise, but she like really hocked up in her throat. No. And spat on the floor. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I had like... What not crime? No, that way you're like, I'm going to be sick. Yeah. And that is like tears, eyes were streaming. No. Mouth was... like you say, that's normal to them. Yeah. So I, I would really, I find that really tough. I've got a really weak stomach. Yeah. So being over there, I, I would have to take loads of super noodles. I or just something. think it's the, the more of the curry for breakfast for me. Like I understand yeah. it dinner and lunch, but for breakfast, when I was walking around and I could smell like <laughs> that sort of, I was like, no, 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 no. But, Imagine um, that, 8 o'clock in the morning, I get a chicken biryani. <laughs> yeah, no chance. <laughs> That's fucking rotten. But I, I would always quiz them as well. Um, I was so fascinated with the language and I made it a mission. I don't remember much now. I still remember only Amitamak Balovashi, which means I love you. And I would always say that to them when I would go around the factory floor. And I kid you not, like the whole factory floor, I'd always want to go down and, and see because the, the stuff would be on the production line. And I, I really respected the factory workers, again, because they're not paid an awful lot. And they... Well, they are, they're exploited, let's be honest. Yeah, well, they? bear in mind, I was work, working with Nex, so yeah. they're very well audited. They right, are okay. some of the best factories out in Dhaka. Nex probably have, I've worked with many retailers over the years, and Nex are without a doubt the most thorough. The stuff you have to go through is insane. Mm. That's probably why the price point's slightly higher. Well, it will be, but um, even Primark, like they, there was a massive um, Rana Plaza. If you ever looked into that, it was Rana Plaza years ago. Bangladesh factory burnt down. Oh, I yeah. Yeah, a lot of people died, and they found obviously the stuff was in those Primark stuff on the production line. Right. So that made it look really bad with Primark, but it was. Um, I don't know if this is the full fact, but it would have meant that the if the factory lines were full, they would then go and put it into another factory that wasn't fully audited, just so they could still get the money. Right, okay. Um, and I think that was what was happened. Right. But anyway, yeah, so I would always go down to the production line and I would say things like Kubshendor, which means beautiful. So I'd watch their sewing work and I'd be like, and Or I would joke and we'd say, Taratari means quick, quick. And I'd be like, Taratari, but joke, we'd laugh. Right. And they would be laughing. They'd look at me like fascinated that I would make the effort just to even yeah. speak to them. Yeah. Um, and again, a white woman with blonde hair walking through a factory floor, that it, it didn't make sense. They were just like, what? It's a level of respect, isn't it? 100%. Like being able to, uh, making an effort to speak in somebody's language. Yeah. Even uh, even just learning. I always say that to people, like just teach yourself a couple of words. Yeah. You saw it was like even when we were in Milan. Yeah. The way people respond once when you're speaking just a wee bit of Italian to them. They love and, it. And by a wee bit, can I just say completely fluent Italian? <laughs> I still remember the first time I met you, Sean, and you started just banging out fluent Spanish. I was like, okay, dokey then. <laughs> then we went, you went and got me some antihistamines, didn't you, from the pharmacy? Oh yeah, we had pharmacy. to go to the pharmacy. And yeah. then you were just speaking fluent Italian. I was like, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> man, it, it, goes, it goes a long way, man. It helps out. Do you know I met a Spanish, I was an Aldi in Renfrew last night. Yeah. And I went to, and what happened was, I was at the till, and I was like, oh, fuck, I picked up a strawberry protein shake, I'm putting that back. And as I was walking back, I heard these three people having a conversation in Spanish. And I was like, 
what the fuck? So I said, I was like, que guay escuchar español aquí porque es muy raro. And then they were, they looked, I basically went, how cool here in Spanish, here of all places, like that's so rare. Yeah. And then they were like, what the fuck? And the woman was for Gran Canaria and the guy was for like, he said Western Sahara, which used to be, a, I'm sure he said it was a Spanish colony. Mm -hmm. And then we, three of us were just like standing. It was a, so the couple for Gran Canaria, the guy, the security guard, and then me. And then people were walking past just like, what actually the oh, fuck is happening? I think with you, right, you've got such a strong Glaswegian accent as well. You never, you never got rid of that, have you? No, no, I've always kept it, eh? That's good. Yeah, you, no. speak, you speak just Spanish, Italian and... French and Catalan. Shut your mouth. Yeah, a, a little bit of Portuguese. Enough Portuguese to have like a polite chat for a couple of minutes and then I'm like, right. You must feel so powerful on. though. It's such a powerful thing to be able to do that, I think. I, do you know, I don't... I don't know how I'd describe it, how it f the feeling of it. It's nice. Mm. Like, it's it's nice. The thing I always say the nicest thing about it is I've got pals for Argentina and Spain and Italy and stuff that don't speak English. Yeah. And I absolutely love them to death. And I'm like, we have got a pure connection. Sometimes I'm like, I feel as if we've known each other in our past life. And if you couldn't speak the language, that <clears> wouldn't even ha you wouldn't even have that Exactly. Connection. And it's just handy. And people, you get a lot of respect. Like, yeah. Never, I don't know if I've ever told this story right, but I'll tell it. Because mm -hmm. it's a bit... Yes, yeah, mm, an exclusive. Is it one I told you? Have I told you this? No, I don't you have. I was in Mexico City. Mm -hmm. So my auntie worked for British Airways for years. I don't even know if I told her this because it was that bad. <laughs> so basically, I worked for British Airways and it was very common that if you were going on a trip, they would speak in like a wee Facebook forum or whatever, a Facebook forum, all right, Grandpa, <laughs> like a sort of face, Facebook page, yeah, yeah. and they would be like, um, oh, you, here's a tour guide for this place, like book this person. So we found one from Mexico City. And uh, every there was so everybody was all going in this minibus mm -hmm. and I was the first one down at the reception. Yeah. And the guy's turned up early and he's holding his sign, British Airways. So I walked over and I was like, so the kind, it kind of flowed this. I was like, hola, yo estoy con el grupo y bueno, estamos viajando con, contigo. Hoy. I'm like, we're going to go sort of traveling with you today. And he's like, oh, magic. Oh, you speak Spanish and that. And it's like bank forward, chatting for ages. And he kept saying, he's like, oh, Spanish, wow, bang on. He's like, even with like some slang words and stuff. So I was like, all right, probably. So then I said, bueno, Yo me voy a coger mi tía porque está en la habitación. I'm going to collect my auntie. She's in the room. So coger is the word. Uh -huh. And he's fucking this guy's face. It looks as if he's seen a ghost. Oh my God, what did So he then mean? his wee sidekick, <laughs> it was actually like, he was, the, the tour guide was massive and his wee sidekick was small. They were like Scooby and Scrappy-Doo, right? <laughs> and they looked at each other. So I'm kind of like, what? And he's like, sorry, can you say that again? Yo me voy a coger mi tía en la habitación. I'm going to go and get my auntie. And then the guy put his hand on my shoulder and he went, my friend, you can never say this. No, what so did I was like, say? What so I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is going on? And then he was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I was like, I'm, what the hell? So it's just back and forward where I'm standing going, what the fuck am I saying wrong? It turns out that I said to him, the word coher in Spain means to collect, to go and get. But in Mexico, it means to shag. Stop! <laughs> so I felt like... I'm going to go and I, shag my auntie. <laughs> but I, I then realised it all just became clear where I was like, fucking hell, I'm speaking to him pure perfectly. So there's no mistakes. There's no like fucking mi misunderstanding. So I'm like, yeah, no worries. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, there's all these. Anyway, I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to just go and shag my auntie. And then he's like... <laughs> 
Like, see when I say he looked as if he'd seen a ghost, he like took a step back and everything. <laughs> oh my God. And then the guy, and then he's, he's like, where did you learn? Like, you said Spain? I was like, yeah. And he's like, no. He's like, that means something completely different. different in Mexico. Don't ever say that here. And then oh. I was like, can you just not tell anybody? That, yeah, like, can we that, just remove this yeah, from we'll our just brain, leave it. So please. apart from that, apart from when like I'm telling people in public in a, in yeah. a busy hotel reception that I'm about to go and do something that makes you want to vomit and is illegal. Apart from that, it's actually really good to, <laughs> to be able to speak that. to people. You can't be perfect. Other places you've travelled, by the way? Vietnam, yeah, Los Angeles? Vietnam, Shanghai, m- loads of places in um, Europe because I used to have to do comp shops. Amsterdam, um, Paris, Paris quite often. Then New York, um, Australia. Well, that that was in later jobs. That was a quiz one, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. That's mental. Yeah. I mean, everything was that then. Oh, what was your boss's name again? Uh, in uh, Leicester. Yeah. Kate. Kate. So she moved says, shut and shop, moving to London. Yeah. You followed her. Yeah. Where wait. did you Where did you live in London? So when I first moved, I moved to Fulham area. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I was staying Hammersmith. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so just around the corner. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was Parsons Green. It was called. Right. Um, it was extortionate, and then. Again, I couldn't really afford to stay there much longer. Yeah. And then I went down south and did the whole house share thing with four girls in Streatham. Oh, yeah. Which is, it was a bit rough. I don't know if rough's the right word. It was just different. To yeah, but it West London. Yeah, but it is still up and coming around yeah. the area. And the problem was the commute was a nightmare, but the house was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I loved the girls. I liked that experience, but... The Parsons Green again was gorgeous, but I lived just off the King's Road. I couldn't afford to do nothing. Yeah, beautiful it's place. It's kind of like being in the it's outside. All in Chelsea people live. Yeah, so you can imagine. King's Road is actually amazing, isn't it? It is gorgeous. What's that wee place if you're walking King's Road like away from the city centre? Yeah, and there's that wee. Is it like Sloan? Not Sloan Square. It's like that wee bit. It's like you kind of walk through, and all of a sudden it opens up, and there's shops. And oh fuck, I'm being so. Vague. Is it not Sloan Square? Nah, nah. I was asked, nah, because I go to Sloan Square with my pal. Um, it's like... Um, I can't remember. Oh, Jesus, man. That's, I, I'm boring people now, but I'll find it. But basically, so you're going along the King's Road and then you take a left and it opens up into like a big square, but you would Ooh. never know it's there. Oh, it know. might be new. It looked it pretty new. new. There's like loads of shops I've and restaurants there and stuff. I've been for eight years, so... Yeah. Eight, Longer you, than that. You lived there for eight years? I said I haven't lived there for oh, eight years. Oh, you haven't lived there no. for eight years? I was like doing my no. fucking maths there. Like, no. Wait a minute. I loved it. What What did you get up to? Like, what would you do? What? In London, because it is a frustrating place if you're not um, getting loads of cash. So, again, I was seeing Richard at the time. So he would come up in, on the weekends and we'd see one another. And I'll be honest with you, he ended up funding my weekends because I had not a pot to piss in yeah. at the time. Um, but then I would also do things like I would find deals. I'd do to like outside cinema things with friends or we'd go drinking after work. Not proper boozing, but we'd go to, to nice pubs. Um, there was loads of things. London, there's so much you can do. Oh, go to Borough Market on the weekends. Love it. Go and see the sights. Or just go to the gym. What gym did you go to? When I was in London. Did you use David Lloyd Fulham? I didn't use David Lloyd Fulham. I did Virgin Active in... No, I did Virgin Active in Streatham, but I did Class Pass when I was... Ah, yeah. So I'd do all like One Rebel, all those fun I classes. me and my pal Maurice go to Barry's boot camp. Oh, yes. You would love Maurice. What's She's that? introduced you, Maurice. That's my pal. Oh. He's uh, Maurice is like a celebrity hairdresser. Oh no. Nice. He'll be raging that I'm saying this. <laughs> he does like 
Well, he was a resident on like this morning. Oh, seriously? There's like Josie Gibson as his part, like all those types of people, Rochelle Humes. What's like, his name? Maurice Flynn. Maurice Flynn? Best guy ever. He's always about, one will figure it, he's always at Soho House at White City. Ah. So one time we'll all be Get there. Get my hair, please. You and, aye, you and him <laughs> would get on really well. Uh, but I always go to Barry's boot camp with him. But somebody keeps trying to get me to go to that one, Rebel. Is Good. it basically just like Barry's? Uh, one of the classes is, but I used to like the boxing classes and mm. in that. I love it. It's called Rumble. Can't wait to get back to London. Yeah. You mentioned place. Richard there. Yes. Life's probably going dead smoothly and then you're, you're going through <laughs> Tinder. And then it's like, a wee, <laughs> it's like a wee bump in the road. Yeah. And by the way, right, let's, let's have this out. Yeah. You saw him. I, fuck, I mean, fuck me. Yeah. Um, I'm not gay, but that's a gorgeous guy, right? <laughs> he's a gorgeous guy, <laughs> right? yeah. And you've seen him and you're like, oh my God, he's amazing. I'm not speaking to him. Fuck I'm him such off. A, I know, What's the point? Make it make sense. Yeah. Honestly, I was such a strange 20, what was I, 24 year old. Uh, my mum had just left the house at the time where I was living and she went and moved to the next street with her husband, who she's with now, because he lived in the next street weirdly so she moved out left me but then one of my friends at the time moved in with me and I was going to Vegas and honestly I'll be honest with you Sean I just wanted to have a single girls holiday I didn't want to be in a relationship I tried the tinder thing I went on one date before didn't quite work out and then I saw him and I'll be honest with you he was so fit I was obsessed with blonde guys with tattoos he was everything that I could have ever imagined and as I kept swiping I could see that he was a footballer and it's not that I was like, oh, I don't want to be with a footballer, because that's that's not the case at all. But I did, they had a stereotype that they were a bit of foot, foot yeah. boys. And I just thought, I can't deal with that. I can't do that to myself. But he really is so hot. So anyway, I ended up swiping left. Is that right? Where you don't swipe right. Don't ask me. I don't fucking use it. Yeah, well, 10 <laughs> years ago, let me tell you, Tinder was so good. And I swiped left. But in his bio was his Instagram handle. So I stalked him on that first. And then he was private. I don't know why. I some decided just to follow him on that as opposed to Tinder. I felt like it was maybe a better way in. Yeah. And he accepted me and then started liking my photos. And we did that whole petty thing where you like each other's photos back and forth for a while. <laughs> and yeah, that was, that was that. And he honestly is not everyone that knows Richard. He's absolutely not anything like he looks like. Mm. at all he is in fact the complete opposite <laughs> to what you would think yeah. he would be like as a person I like that I like that about people in general yeah that tends to be the, the case with most people isn't it oh yeah we all project our own sort of we judge a book yeah exactly perceptions yeah. you've had it I get it like yeah but no he was an absolute darling and fell head over heels for me you know yeah. and even oh, then I wasn't human. sure it's too, this is too good he's too nice there was no game playing like I would text him and I'd get a text straight back or if I didn't hear from him he'd be like I'm just gonna go and do this but I didn't get it I was so had so many toxic well looking back now they were toxic relationships or just young relationships How yeah. you, you don't want to commit to anything when you're that age and I think he was just not about that life he was a a boy from Kelso in Scotland in the borders, moved to Manchester when he was young. He, he had a nice family. And yeah, he was a footballer and around the lads, lads, lads and all that. But he was still respectful and had his fun, I'm sure. But he was just such a nice guy. And I just did, didn't make quite sense to me. Yeah. So I was still very like, mm, well, I mean, this is too good to be true. <laughs> like, that, I, we'll kind of get to the whole, we'll 
do a wee quick skip over here, yeah. but your boss fucking says, here, off you go to Amsterdam, I'll pay for it. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah. What the fucking, is she taking anybody on? Mm-hmm. He's make it official there. Now, it must have been love. Because you're in London and you think, yeah, I'll fucking move to Motherwell, of all places. No disrespect <laughs> to anybody from Motherwell, but fucking London it ain't. Yeah. Like, talk me through that. Like, so, is there no point where you went like, nah, I'm not moving to fucking well, Motherwell? Well, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know that there was a Scottish Scottish football league <laughs> until I moved here. <laughs> I thought Celtic was a um, fucking an American thing. That's Boston Celtics. Yeah, I think I thought it was that. I had no idea. Or even maybe I thought it was Irish or so. I know it is, but like, yeah, I didn't realise it was. No, I didn't know any of that. I'll be honest with you. And yeah, so I was in London for two years. He came and see me every now and then. People that know football, the football scheduling was quite difficult. And he signed for Motherwell for, I think it was a four or five year deal. And we were in Mexico at the time on a holiday. And he was like, listen, I'm, I'm going to sign for Motherwell. I was like, Number one, what is Motherwell? <laughs> and you, you'll laugh at this. The same week, this would only happen to me, M&D's, um, what's it called? Theme yeah, park. Yeah, exactly, park. On the front of the newspaper across the whole of the UK, a roller coaster had crashed at Motherwell. Uh, oh, did it? Yeah, the same I week he signed. That. And something had happened. And I was like, I've never heard of this flipping place in my life and now it's on the front of the newspaper about a theme park and a roller coaster at crash but this is just not a good sign do you know um, i can explain that away how you how like you're saying it's not a good sign because people would often point to that as being an omen yeah but that is what's known as the bader meinhof phenomenon right so you know the whole thing they say your brain is getting all sorts of stuff and only it filters 90 percent of it out it only gives you the 10 percent of what you you're yeah. sort of focusing on and people go oh my god that must be a psychic because somebody mentioned like blah and then now i'm seeing it everywhere and it's like nah it's because it's you're inf- aware of it it's infiltrated your consciousness so now you're kind of noticing it yeah more. that's true actually so yeah so he signed and he i remember him saying to me when we were lying on this like cabana thing in in our hotel in mexico um and he was like listen this is actually quite a big deal for me i'm scottish i would love to go back up the road and live up there um it'd be great for my family he supported, um, his family supported Hibs, I think. Oh, I was about to say, don't, <laughs> don't say it. If they sell to your Rangers, don't. just don't. No, but I, I think they supported fine. Hibs. Um, so I think for him, just the Scottish Premier League, again, again, he was always uh, League Two. Or, hugely of a prestige, like if you're Scottish. So. Yeah, so he was always League Two-ish when he was down south. So going to Premiership Scotland as a Scottish man it was amazing and I had to just respect that and I was like yeah you do you but then I think things felt things were difficult like the distance he couldn't get up down to Scot- uh, to London the flights were just not in our favour I've done that it's brutal yeah it's really brutal it I've done brutal. that it's brutal and I was away for like Bangladesh five weeks at a time sometimes sometimes longer we'd go without seeing each other but that 100% wouldn't change it because that made us so strong for the yeah. first two years and then six months in I said Listen, I'm not too happy anymore um, at where I was, so I'm going to move. And he was like, fuck. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've said this before, but I don't think he wanted me to move up here. I do genuinely think he felt like he would be fully responsible if it didn't work out, leaving such a job that I've worked so hard to do and work yeah. my way up. Because at this point in the fashion industry, I think we've skipped that. I was, I had really good, a really good job. I was an account manager for ASOS, Burton, most of the menswear brands that you would shop in. Um, I looked after the swimwear and then I assisted on waving bottoms. So I was traveling all over. It was a great opportunity for me. 
Um, Can I interject there? Mm. Just to kind of, we'll focus on how great you are and all that. Mm. But let's actually talk about how well work was going. Because tell me about the shots like the Chris Hughes and Kim setting and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, because, I mean, it's not as if, like, you were kind of just plodding along. You were, like, essentially an industry leader. Yeah, well, I was given the opportunity to manage swimwear. A new, is that what you mean? A new category in the... Aye, basically, and then how... Yeah. Um, So, I'd always assisted on Wave and Bottoms, which is what you'd say is, like, your typical menswear, cargos, chinos, all those big programs. But the swimwear was a project that my boss just gave me as a, a side hustle. Yeah. And I still remember um, I got my first 5,000 unit order from, from with Next. Um, remember the swim short so clearly. And it flew. It was a geo-printed vintage swim short. Um, I think I found the print on Brick Lane in London and we tweaked it slightly. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. And then anyway, started doing more fun stuff. with a- ASOS was the best one to work mm. for me. Smaller units, but they did such cool, funky prints. And I worked alongside... Uh, one of my best friends, Sam, she was a designer and we did some amazing stuff and it was seen on like Love Island. It was seen, uh, well, all it's over ASOS. It's, it's essentially the pinnacle of what you're trying to achieve, isn't yeah. it? To have visibility and then people yeah. to be flying off the shelves. And even a, actually a massive part of my um, journey, I actually wanted to pitch a business idea to my dad because I really, really wanted to go into men's swim shorts so much. Mm. I felt like menswear was my thing. Still to this day, even when I moved over to women's wear, menswear still to this day is what I would love to go back into. Yeah, I, yeah, I loved it. So at the point that you're saying, I'm going to then move up, it's not as if like you're, you're flying, in essence, technically couldn't be doing any better at that point. Yeah. So to just step away for that. I mean, I, uh, the business I was in got bought out by a huge corporation called Liam Fung. Um, again, it went a bit more corporate down that route. I was still with Kate, but um, there was definitely opportunities to grow within the business. And I still wasn't too happy. I think, like you say, when you're in, when you're falling in love with someone, I think you just you miss them. And I just couldn't. I was also not earning, even though I was earning okay money. I was still spending an awful lot of it on living. Yeah. In London, and it, London life isn't the be all and end all. It really isn't. And a lot of people, when I moved to Glasgow, question me why I love this place so much. And I'm like, you guys don't realise how amazing this city is. Yeah. It's so good. But we can go on to that. But yeah. So when the opportunity came to move here, I knew that there was no fashion head offices. But I was speaking to a girl in the kitchen. So fucking random when I look back. And I said to her, oh, my boyfriend's moved to Motherwell. And she went, that's so weird. I know a woman from Motherwell. Like, the chances of this for yeah, me no, just that's... blows my mind. And she wasn't even in the office. It was a shared office with other fashion suppliers. She was in footwear. Another different company. And we just shared a kitchen. And she says, I, we work with a buyer called Karen. She works at Quiz Clothing Head Office. Um, she says, I could definitely put you in touch, but I know she's from Motherwell. That is fucking random, isn't it? And anyway, she gave me her Instagram and I messaged her on Instagram just saying, is there any chance of just a chat? Didn't hear back from her for weeks. And then she read my my message and said, yeah, there's actually a job in the international department that you can come and have an interview for. And you guys have got different bank holidays to England. Yeah. And there was one where you were working, but England was off. And I came up to meet Rich and I had a sneaky interview. And I basically got the job on the spot. That's mental, isn't it? Mm. That is one of those ones, but serendipity. Yeah. My favourite word. Yeah. It's just that, that, cause that's like, what the fuck, of all the places. Oops, it's my, it's my 
Apple Watch is in Spanish. I, I sat on it. <laughs> I thought it was my voice. I was like, what is that? Why am I in Spanish? <laughs> yeah, no, sorry about that. Okay. Um, no, but that, that is not, that's kind of, you have to just go, that's fate, destiny. I, I, t- I totally agree it's fate because when I came, even the job was slightly different and it wasn't as good as at the time what I'd hoped it to be. It was in the international side again, so there's still aspects for me to travel. But like you say, there's not many people that have the experience that I had at the time that want to move from England to Scotland. Yeah. There wasn't. It's not, it's rare. It is looked at as a yeah. backward step, isn't it? Yeah. You'd... But for quiz, they were like, no, let's hire her because she's worked with so many other brands. Yeah. It, I think for... Did not create a role for you because they thought you were overqualified? Pre- pretty much, yeah. International product. Honestly, my role changed there so many times. But, um... Yeah, I ended up looking after like Macy's, Lord and Taylor, uh, Amazon, and it wasn't as glam. I didn't get to go to factories. It was more like face to face with yeah. representing quiz as opposed to being in the product side of it. So mm-hmm. I really do miss that creative side of it. But good bit of travel though: New York, Canada, Australia. Yeah. Yes, Canada. I mean that's. I I went there. That is massive, isn't it? Yeah, Just Australia was the next job. Oh, was yeah. it? Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, I mean, did you just do a quiz for a year? No, four. Four? Yeah. Oh, right, wait a minute. So, I've got my wires crossed. I did. Four, and then you went somewhere for a year? For a year, yeah. Right, okay. But quizzes where you met your... uh, All my best friends. Aye. Zoe. Podcast, Zoe Quinn. Yeah. Your co-host on a lot on your plate. Looking forward to talking about that. Yeah. Um, Um, Most of my best friends that people see me hang about with have come from quiz or the gym. Yeah. That just solidify how much you liked being up here. Did you feel as if you just had this new Lisa life? Yes, one hundred percent. Like I say, being in that fashion world around menswear and I don't know, just Glasgow people in general are so friendly to me. And I felt like I know there's a lot of divide with English and Scottish people, but for me, I've never felt that. I've always only ever felt nothing but welcomed into Scotland. Yeah. Do you know? I think the uncomfortable truth is is there is a bit of there can be ill feeling towards England and I think yeah. it would be disingenuous to kind of deny that and go, no, all we do is like fucking yeah. play the bagpipes and welcome everybody. I think it's vice versa though. No, so it, many it, English people say to me, why Why would you live in Glasgow? Yeah, I'm like, exactly. <laughs> but I think it does exist, but for the most part, I don't think people actually are that nah, bothered. No, they're not that bothered, are they? Um, the biggest thing is fucking Celtic and Rangers more yeah. so than English and Scottish I went to see uh, my pal Gary Folds the comedian mm-hmm. if you ever seen him saw so him in uh, Darren Connell and the Funny Bunch on Blackfriars Pub I recommend got to see it downstairs the basement it was incredible what oh, a I think I saw this on your story actually yeah okay. it was brilliant and Gary said that him and his mate were in the uh, kitchen one night getting on it he said they were sniffing <laughs> lines of talcum powder in case there's any police in the audience <laughs> and he said that they started getting into this deep philosophical conversation and he's like do you think his mate says to him do you think aliens exist like do you think there's other life out there and he's like aye and he gary said to his pal well if like aliens came to earth and they were tasked like we were tasked with being the ones to welcome them, the first ones to speak to them. What would you say? And he said, he goes, well, that was him with a note up his nose. <laughs> and he says, I'll just walk up to him and say, all right, mate, Celtic or Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> that is just I know. everything it, about Scottish people. I, Glaswegians, I know. I, say. I think Frankie Boyle spoke about it as well, where he talked about like, 
when there was a terror attack in Glasgow Airport in 2007. He's like, hey, good luck, mate, trying to bring religious warfare to Glasgow. He's like, we've had it for 800 years. <laughs> and he's talking about, he's like, people aren't really bothered about Muslims. And he's like, because you could say to a Muslim, like, well, what, what religion are you? And you'll say a Muslim. And you go, I bet you a Catholic Muslim or a Protestant Muslim. Mm-hmm. Like, that is kind of, I've just, if that's the fixation. Mm-hmm. More so than, than, than in England. Yeah, definitely. Or than being I remember, English, I, I still remember going to... I don't even know if it was an old firm game. I don't think I've ever actually been to one of them, but I've been to... If you've been to one of those, you'd fucking know about it. Yeah, but I've been to both parks and watched Motherwell away. Which one do you prefer? What? Don't answer it. I'll be honest. (laughs) No, I don't. Rangers. Do you? But I'll be... Literally, there's a Rangers pub right opposite my house. (laughs) You know, I actually did see that and I went, fucking... <laughs> my house, my house values just depleted massively. But no, I'll be honest with you, I don't give a fuck. I always supported where Richard is played. Yeah. So it was Motherwell. I have a soft spot for Motherwell, to be fair. But um, I think when Motherwell used to play both of them away, I felt like I hated the Celtic fans a bit more than the Rangers fans. So I felt like. Maybe that's why. Oh, so just, <laughs> are you a Celtic just man? No, just noticing the time there. I'm actually. Uh, I don't. We'll just cut it here. Right? I just say just just the more that they re- the way they reacted in the in the crowd. I was like, you are nice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and also, um, what's that bold guy that plays for Celtic? Scott Brown. He's meant to be so lovely off pitch. Scott Brown. Yes. Loveliest guy. Can I just say actually? So my pal, do you know Haley Harvey Smith? Maybe. Mate, no, Haley's pals with Scott, and I had a uh, fuck. I had to, basically a Celtic top, his match worn top. Yeah. I wanted to raffle to raise money for somebody, uh-huh. and uh, Scott took it away and signed it and got it right back to me. Oh, so, I, I have heard he's one of the nicest guys ever. Aye. But, um, to, but watching him, going back to watching him on a pitch, yeah. I, I disliked him strongly. Well, if I, <laughs> if I, see if I was in a Celtic, I love him. Like, I just yeah. think he's the best guy on the yeah. planet. If I wasn't a Celtic supporter, I would fucking hate him. But also, but it, one of my best friends is Jilly, and her man, Andy, oh, played for Rangers. Now we've got to the, the crux. Now we've got and to the crux of why you don't I like him. I think I'd always support that. And also maybe the fact that Rangers feels a little bit more closer to England, maybe? Yeah, British. definitely. Yeah, British values. I'm I'm giving you completely poor excuses here. No, it's uh, not excuses. I honestly don't care, but I'm just can only go off the back of when I supported Motherwell, um, who I preferred to watch and I disliked watching Celtic versus than you yeah, more because they it. won more. You're always going to support the underdog, and I was an underdog That's supporter. It. Thank you. There we go. Just heads has said that Rangers are the wee underdog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I hope no one. Pl- I'm just a stupid English girl. Don't listen to me. Yeah, I know Rangers, the, the, pl- the plucky wee featherweight punching way above their weight. Good for you, Rangers. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. No, listen, I, I get it. Like, you're going to have your own personal allegiances. Yeah. But it's the same with, like, I'm talking about Andy Halliday. So, yeah. Jelly's great partner. man, by the way. Well, that's so the thing. So, I, on a pitch, I would be like, fucking hate you because you're so passionate well, about that's team it. and so was Scott exactly so I'd be like I fucking hate you but yeah. then you hear him speaking and I'm like what a nice guy fucking sound and that's Scarlet. the thing people think is we, we could all do well to remember like stepping on a pitch and competing in a sport for 90 minutes is far different from going about your general yeah. daily life um, and I think yeah. a lot of people probably dislike Richard as well like on the pitch because he is so passionate and puts his all into it and he can be probably probably got the most yellow cards known to man I don't know but he just off the pitch anyone that knows him respects him as an athlete as a professional puts 110% and he's just 
the best in everything that he does in terms of fitness. Yeah. So Sport. anyway, for any um, tabloid journalist listening, your headline is Jess Ted's hates Celtic. No, please S- don't, I beg. Slams Scott Brown. <laughs> oh, I would imagine I'd die. <laughs> they won't. No, they I love you, Scott couldn't. Brown. <laughs> Scared. Um, so four years working at Quiz, where, where did you go the year after? I went to a place called Future Beauty Labs, which is um, a humongous now, actually, um, beauty brand based on, ooh, West Regent Street. All right. Um, and it looks after Tan Lux, Isle of Paradise, Tanologist, and Bioma. All right. So it's t- like tan and beauty type tan. stuff. It's primarily tan. Right. Leading in the tanning world as well, like... They did phenomenal in COVID, like you would not believe. Um, and then they brought on a skincare brand, Bioma. Right, okay. Which is great. It's flying. You did, it f- hate, did you hate it? No, not at all. No, I didn't hate it at all, actually. Um, I'm very grateful for it. And uh, I'm massively into beauty and skincare. I've always have been. And I think for me, it was an amazing move on a personal level. I learned so much. Great team. Very innovative brand. It was so good to be in leaders of the industry as opposed to quiz, which were fashion followers. So being in a brand that was leading the way in everything, it was amazing. And yeah. again, I met some incredible people. Zoe was there as well. Zoe moved over from Quiz to um, FBL, as did quite a few other ex-colleagues. Again, because Glasgow's small and there's not many people yeah. to find. Um, but the issue for me was, and I still think I'd probably still be there today if this hadn't have happened, maybe, because um, the first week I got there, I got sent to Australia for two and a half weeks, which was great. As you can imagine, I was no, so excited. It's unbelievable. I knew I'd made the right move there and then. Um, but uh, COVID hit. Mm. COVID hit six weeks into the job role. And travel was a massive part for me. And sitting behind a screen as a social butterfly killed me for a year. Yeah, I and did that. As did, ev- as did everyone. It, it affected people in so many different ways. But for me... It was hell on earth. I just moved to this flat as well. We'd bought this flat. Um, it was hard. It was hard times actually, but no harder than anyone else probably went through. Yeah. But for me, just just food was flying. Yeah. So it's twenty seventeen that started, and yeah. that's because you were doing the piss take, making the Thai green curry. Yep. On my stories. And then people just went mad for it. Mm-hmm. They were like, make a food page. So I did. Named it just just food. I love this story of how the name came about. It was actually a misunderstanding, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. They thought, I thought she went, just call it Jess You asked your pal, what can I call it? Yeah, and she's like, no, just Jess. Um, Yeah, so it stuck, I guess. And I didn't show my face on it for a long time. Maybe like 18 months. Mm. Um, People knew it was me that knew me, but when it grew over COVID, I was still really, I don't know, was a bit unsure. And you're a thousand followers within one week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hit a hundred thousand by September, 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's been steady since, but that's that, just the nature of wh- Why? Why? Like, why, why, why does how? a food page, I guess I mean, why I'm like, what, what is the driving factor? Is it just because people don't know what to eat and they I want. I think I got in at a such a, there's so many foodie pages now, Yeah. but I think I got in at such a good time where I was one of quite a few. And also I, capitalize is that the right word finish the sentence and i'll tell you capitalized on the fact that i don't even know if that is the right word you know the carousel images yeah yeah you're capitalizing on a sort of unique factor yeah okay so that 
feature came in on Instagram where you could add more than one photo. Oh, yeah. And I used to get HelloFresh a lot. And I loved how you could see the images on the recipe cards. I love HelloFresh if you want to send me it, by the way. <laughs> HelloFresh <laughs> or Gusto, anything like that. I love Gusto as well. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, get the, the recipe cards. Um, I thought like HelloFresh has gone downhill massively, but I've said that openly. But at the time when I did get it, it was brilliant. Maybe it is good for you. But the recipe card, I loved that side of it. And the... <laughs> Sorry, mate, what? Maybe... <laughs> Maybe it's I mean, maybe it's good for you. She looked me up and down as she said that. Ah, <laughs> no, I didn't mean it. What I meant is, I've had three boxes of bad experiences, and I think maybe I'm just unlucky. Right. Okay. You, maybe it's good for you. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> maybe it's good, maybe for, it's good some, for you. Maybe it's good for a fucking Jake Ball. Like you. <clears throat> no. So the images on the recipe cards, I thought, right, I could do this similar, yeah. but right over the the photo and put it as a ten step by step thing fucking people loved it no one likes pausing a video no one likes reading captions no one people like things being made easy for them and it just worked so well and i did that for a, continuously for a few years until instagram and tiktok decided to make video <sighs> the next best thing which is funny because that's where i felt like i lost i've lost my passion for it slightly because i'm not that great at video editing my yeah. you've seen the size of my kitchen it's tiny it's a nice kitchen though yeah it's nice but it's small but TikTok is now bringing back still images and carousels and they're now making it a thing. Everything comes back round. So yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that it's not going to die down fully, but we've got plans. We've got big plans. Oh, exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. Well, you get to like, the was it the first day back of work 2021? Am I right in saying and you just went, fuck this, I can't be yep. doing this? I am such an impulsive person. Um, and when I've got an idea in my head, I have to have it there and then. Yeah. And it's the I undiagnosed ADHD had, in you. Oh yeah, it is. That's, what, that's me as well. Is that's it? all the similarities, eh? Yeah, we are very similar. It's scary, actually. Two broken only children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got yeah. a half-sister. <laughs> I've got a sister. She's 14, but 15. But we didn't grow up together, so yeah, yeah I'm technically a child. And yeah... Um, Sat there, my mum bought me this. I said this on my podcast, but my mum bought me that pink wheelie chair in there because yeah. I said I was having a bad back, sitting on a stool. And I put in the fucking screws in the chair and I was thinking, this chair is not going to make me happy. <laughs> it's not going to make this job any better. Yeah. Yes, I might feel sit nicer, but I'm still hating this spreadsheet life. I'm hating this Zoom life. I don't, there was people in that I hadn't even met face to face sometimes at, at one point in that office because we weren't going yeah. in. Like new members that had come on to the team. Couldn't do it anymore. Just Jess was flying. I think Marks and Spencers were one of the first people that came on board that wanted to pay me. I think it was about £500 they were going to pay me for something. And I thought, if I could get even three of these a month, three yeah. jobs a month, even four, I'm comfortable. My bills are being paid for and I've got, you know, some extra money. Um, and that's what I did. I took a massive risk. Richard came home from work and I sat him down. I was crying my eyes out. And I was like, listen, would you support me if I leave? Um, and he was obviously like, Jess, I'm not quite sure if that's the right thing, but I trust you, I believe in you. And then he said, but I will if I need to, I'll happily pay the mortgage for the next couple of months to get, till you find your feet. He's never had to lend me a penny mm. since. Oh, that was the fucking best thing he's ever done. Fucking damn right. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? Like, all jokes aside and stuff like that, I mean, that's a very special thing to, to be able to have. And yeah. obviously shows a level of support and, and oh, belief. Could and never have done it without him, no way. Yeah. 
I mean, I could have if you, if you, but, but I would never have been brave enough to have done it because of the what if. Maybe not at that speed. But no. It's good. <clears throat> Again, looking back, you can kind of periods of discomfort can then be easier to manage when you can look back in retrospect at previous discomfort. Yeah. So hating that job, it being terrible, and then it gave you the sort of impetus to go, do you know what, I'm I'm changing something. Mm -hmm. And it can also, it can clarify or shine light upon your priorities. Yeah. And for you, your prior priority wasn't making money, being comfortable, it's like being happy. Exactly. And it's such a cliche. Mm -hmm. But it's actually fucking the hardest fucking thing in the world to do. I did it as well. Mm -hmm. Leave a job and then you're like, fuck. Yeah. What am I doing? But you make it work. Yeah. You pour everything into it. Yeah. And it just eventually does, it happens. Mm. But it's not without risk or sacrifice, is it? Well, when I left Quiz, that was also a big move for me. The reason I left there was because I climbed Kilimanjaro. And that, when when you do something so extreme like that, yeah. you have a lot of time in your own thoughts to think about what you want from life and you're looking for that next high and I knew that I was not learning I would sit and twiddle my thumbs in that place from the last the, the last few months that I was there I was not learning anything I was scrolling through social media all day every day the, the job was not enough for me I wasn't fulfilling myself and if no. I'm I could have sat there and lived that life where I was just aimlessly just getting paid to do fuck all been there yeah because I'd put things in place there was more team members and um I had become lazy, I'll be honest. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. And then moving to FBL, it was a kick up the arse. It was a lot more spreadsheet heavy, a lot more salesy, and it was hard. No one could no one could um, prepare you for COVID. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do think, like you say, you have to do these risks in life. And I'm always one of these people where I want to be happy. I, don't, I want to have a good work-life balance. I don't want to just feel like I'm working to live. Yeah. Um... Do you want to enjoy your days? Yeah. Do you ever feel like, <laughs> this is a fucking dark turn now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> when I, see, when I have hit this age, I've become so fucking aware of life isn't infinite. Yeah. And I've become aware of my own mortality and other people's mortalities. And it's kind of just a wee bit of a thing where everything becomes clearer and you go, this doesn't last forever. No, I've and been feeling that as well yeah. recently. You just feel like it I sounds you so just get to this ridiculous age. where you say you only have this one life, but I say this all the time to Richard because he's going through a little bit of a transition at the moment and I'm like, you only have this one life. That's it. And there's when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to give a fuck about what that person thought about you, what that person said, or they're not in control of your decisions and I have to do selfishly things that make you happy. Hope, not maliciously hurting anyone in the long run, but you have to put yourself first in these situations. And yeah. I should look back and think, why didn't I do that? Life Go to those places. Life doesn't last forever. No, it, it's, that's scary to think, but... I know. Do you know, it's also scary and it's also a bit liberating. Yeah. Because you're like, it's kind of like that thing where you could go, oh, life doesn't last forever and, you know... What's the point? Pe uh, what's the yeah. point? Or you could go, life doesn't last forever. Let's, let's fucking, do it. Let's, uh, let's go make go. a run. <laughs> Fucking bring I would that definitely hair. say I'm the I'm the latter there. I I am I've always been. I, I can ask anyone. My friends that oh I want to go to somewhere this weekend. Let's ask Jess. And it's never. I'm not saying that I've got this endless pot of cash. I have been riddled with debt over the years of just constantly saying yes, and I need to say no more. And I would get myself into like four credit cards when I was young because I would wanted to go to Vegas every summer. Yeah. But I could never say no. And I don't regret it now, looking back, because I've learned from my mistakes. But 
I just think I've always had that YOLO aspect of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have. I've always been that way. Oh, uh, is that? You get that tattooed in your lower back, don't you? Shut your Shut mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not. Everyone Yolo. listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on, our, it's on our like shoulder, like a sort of bicep. <laughs> yeah, I just think I've, um, I've got this, this energy level of, don't get me wrong, I crash and burn, yeah. but as we all do, but I really like to live life to the max. <laughs> One, do you know, it's kind of like, you can't always, I, I try and tell myself this as well, I can't always apply this to everything, but it's like, you never know when your last day is coming. No, you don't. And it's such, sounds like such a fucking cliche that people just sort of regurgitate mindlessly, but no, it's, I've, I've, see, I've seen it enough. And you went, and people would look back at you and they would say, well, you know what, he lived life. Yeah, he And that's what it. I want people to say about me. She lived some life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, February the 3rd, 2021, your life does, you kind of eventually start I'm living it. soon. I know, you start, oh God, yeah, anniversary's coming yep. up. Well, you go full time. Um, full time, yeah. I mean, give us a wee idea of like a sort of, there's no such thing as a typical day, but let's just say like a sample week of what, you know, you could be doing. This week's quite a good week, you know, actually. So I had you today. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking awful start to the week. Oh, the only way is up from here. Um, so yeah, this is, by the way, this is no, um, every day is different. Um, so this weekend I've recorded a few recipes and stories. Uh, today, podcast for you. Tomorrow I've got a four hour meeting with my website developer, which is the up and coming thing exclusive Exciting. yeah so that i can't rely on instagram anymore like instagram can't be my be all and end all source of income and stuff that people can go on and find you know what i mean find yeah. my recipes they need to have another way to find it yeah instagram could shut down tomorrow um wednesday i actually need to be in the house wednesday a little bit of a day off but i'll probably be admin Thursday, I've got Zoom calls because I'm doing um, a panel chat for Harvey Nichols next week. Nice. Um, for the wellbeing um, event that they've got going on. Friday, we're meeting with somebody about podcasts because we need to, we've got some things changing with the podcast. So we've got a lot of meetings about that. And then I go to London at the weekend because I'm, again, hosting an event at Soho House next week. What one is it? You're hosting it? Uh, White City. My favourite. Is it? Yeah, I, that's where I spend all my time now. Really? If I'm not working, I'm either in the gym, in this, how good's the spa? I've not been. Are you joking? No, I've never been. Oh, I'm, I'm staying there though, so I'll have to go. Go. The gym itself is brilliant. I always tell this story. Paul Lucy, she saw Margot Robbie in there. Did it's, she? Aye, yeah. I always bump into like fucking Alison Hammond. In fact, when I had just done Good Morning Britain, and I was in the lift, and this woman's like, oh, I saw you on GMB, you were really good. And it was fucking Colleen Nolan. No way. I beat Colleen, she's pals with, so my mate Lee. Is White City the one next to BBC Studios? Or is it yeah, I will. It's no, I mean, yeah, BBC Studios on the right and Television Centre on the left at, at, um, at uh, Westfield. Have you not been to it at all? Yeah, I, I've definitely been so to it. So why not just get the rooftop pool? I always yeah. try and tell people like how fucking amazing. I mean, I know Shore Dutch has got a pool as well. It was quite small when I went, I thought. No, it's huge. It's like 10 floors. Is it? It used I've to not, Obviously not. I've only ever been to the... I did that BBC thing um, a few months ago and we went there afterwards. Aye. It's like a talent works thing. Yeah. So it'd be... I mean, White City is the number one. It's like fucking amazing. You okay, well, I'm excited people. for that then. Yeah, I was up in the pool in the summer actually and uh, just kind of like floating about. And uh, they were going around like we're closing for an event. Like, so you don't have to go inside, like, the place is not shut, but the pool's going to be shut off from 7.30. And I was like, what is it? And he went, the Beckhams are having a party. I was no. like, fuck off. 
And I was like, for what? And he's like, for nothing. Like, they're just having a party for their pals. And oh like, no God. bad when you can shut that down. Oh, I'm looking forward to that then. So I was Stacey Dooley. I was talking to her and I was like, fucking reckon it. It's because it I held a door open for her and I was like walking along the corridor. Yeah, and you know that way you have like five seconds of polite chat. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, up you recognise her. And then when the lift opened and then it got bright and I was like, oh, it's yeah. a ginger lass. It does a documentary. I actually hate Shoreditch House. I like the pool, but I've never, I've not been for a night out or anything. No, it's, it's more the, it's more the, I hate's a strong word, I shouldn't say that, because I actually have spent a lot of time there more than any of the others. It's more of the, I think I would probably prefer the people at White City. At Shoreditch House, I don't, I don't know, I don't, don't get a good vibe from, from Art, are they all like arty in East London? Yeah, just very a bit like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I think I'm looking forward to spending it at a different house. Should go, have you been to 180 on Strand? Yes, but that's I, the one I'm thinking of you meant. Yeah, no. Nah. Which is... That has a pool, but it's a tiny pool. I, I don't think you go in it. It's more like a wee pond, pond. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what a view. Yeah, Greek nice. Street is amazing on a Friday, nice. Saturday, up on that terrace. Yeah. Great place. Well, that's us. We've done our bit for... Uh, so have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that obligation fulfilled. <laughs> um, Hope you listen to this, Poppy. <laughs> yeah, I know. She will be. Which, by the way, one of the most popular episodes I've had. I listened to that. Like Can it? I just say that was one of the best episodes I've listened to on a podcast. Poppy, you're an amazing woman. It was yeah. so this good. Is, we're talking about Poppy Morrigan. What's Poppy? Memberships manager for yeah. you? Hi. Uh, yeah, she was great. In fact, like, that episode's constantly flying, so it's like struck a, yeah. it's struck a chord somewhere. Um, let's talk about the podcast. Yeah. So a lot on your plate uh, with your co-host Zoe Quinn. 75 episodes in, you started July 2022, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. Do you? I do. Really? Because I, I really like you both. I think you're a nice wee yin and yang. I think you're both very good hosts, presenters. I think you I think you come across really well. And it's just a really nice balance. Now, first of all, I will say as well, so Series 3, Episode 10, Touch Your Tiddies, Raising Awareness for Primary and Secondary Breast Cancer. It's a great initiative, I love it. It's a really positive thing to do with your platform. You know what it's like with podcasts, right? You can't listen to every episode. No, no. Because you try, I mean, you eventually work your way through, but they yeah. build up and build up. So there's a few, I was just wondering, right, <laughs> if you could maybe just give me a rundown of a few of these episodes, what Let's you were talking about. Season one names were right, okay, so hilarious. I did listen to this one, series three, episode 14. I want to lick your fart box. <laughs> That's the episode title, okay? So, <laughs> the context around that was we were doing dating stories or uh, yeah, heard DMs it. that people have sent you and yeah, somebody had said. I heard that one. Um, series 2, episode 18, I missed that one. Missing butt plug, mum's panties and pink eye, interested. Series 2, episode 9, spunky town, garlic trotters and fanny farts. I can't even bring myself can to I, say that. Can I just say, that episode there was our number one of all time. Really? Got, if you haven't listened to Garlic Trotter's Spunky Town episode, it is the funniest episode of all time. Yeah. We actually That episode actually got into the top 100 episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we join the club. Every episode I put oh, out gets in that. <laughs> um, so this one, series two, episode three, Ready Meals, Phone Sex and Dot Cotton. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, honestly, oh, to anyone listening, one. take my recommendation. I'm, I have, I only <coughs> listen to things I think are really good, and this podcast is brilliant. Do you know what's funny? Yeah. Um, series one, episode two. That title 
this is like it could be one or two things. It could be your podcast episode title, or it could be somebody describing a conversation with me. Uh, well, describing a conversation with me at Ocean Beach Ibiza in fifteen years, midlife crisis, floppy tits, and a whole lot of shite advice. <laughs> That is a great episode, that one. Yeah, that is brilliant. It's yeah. so good. I mean, how much do you enjoy it? Like, Because it's, it's like a, a totally different thing. Yeah, so I started it initially because I wanted to have a podcast to get my personality out there a bit more. Um, I think we got, we got in at a good time as well. Because um, everyone does podcasts now, don't they? But it was, it was a good time to get into it. I wanted to speak um, loosely around food, but yeah. I needed a co-host. I needed somebody with me didn't want to interview someone every single time um so zoe again she's not she just worked with me she's now not on instagram or anything like that at the time she wasn't an influencer if you like she's also your opposite completely remember which i'm actually more like her yeah a lot of people are because remember we were at connect yes uh, when we went to see we saw fred again and stuff yes. and like we were kind of hanging about for a bit and you're being you, and she's like, oh my fucking God, can you stop? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. face totally red, but so is mine. <laughs> Zoe is just something else, isn't she? But she, uh, we're also very similar in a lot of ways as well. That's why it works. We think about the same things. I trust her completely. She knows everything about me. I know everything about her. Um, she's also my manager, just for just Jess. So, I say manager. She is my manager, but I would say she just works alongside me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she's she loves the podcast. She's come out of her shell massively. Anyone that listens to the podcast and listens to the progression of Zoe Quinn, you'll be like, wow. She's, she's so funny because she's dry. Dry and Scottish. Yeah, <laughs> aye. I like just Gra- hilarious. Rasmussen. Yeah, she's relatable to many and it's a great mix. <laughs> actually, I can't remember what episode it was. I really like fucking... It's, People might not find this funny, but I nearly crashed the car from laughing. What was it? <laughs> because you were like telling a story of your past and you're like, you, so you're talking about 12 years ago and you went, so I got the job and she went, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and I like nearly fucking swear. Yeah. I don't even remember I nearly that. like crashed into the central <laughs> reservation. <laughs> because it was just like fucking... You get the job about 13 years ago, <laughs> and it that was like is I just, just Zoe yeah. from through. Oh, she's funny as fuck, man. Yeah. But she doesn't she doesn't mean to be. Well, yeah, she's just so funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, and that's why it's a good mix because I am so chaotic and like rah, 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 the word vomit. I'll sell, tell anyone anything, yeah. and she is just a bit like right. That's enough. Yeah, but equally, I think people want to know the juice. They want to know that. But they can relate to Zoe because she's a bit squeamish. And but don't get me wrong, she say she's coming out of shell. She does say some things that she probably wouldn't have said back in season one. Yeah. We did the live show. It was an amazing success. Yeah, yeah, that seemed great. Two nights at Wonderbar. Yeah, we should have gone a bigger venue to be fair, but I think it was good to start there because we wanted it to be intimate. We wanted it to seem like a party as opposed to a live podcast. And it was brilliant. Couldn't have gone any better in my in my opinion. No, it looked great. Because you were nervous before it, weren't you? Oh, oh yeah, you voice noted me, weren't you trying to calm me down? That yeah. helped me massively, though. But, yeah, I was I was shitting myself. Once you do it, I remember doing my first live show. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, fucking, I was, like, vibrating. Yeah. Because all this full audience out there, you can hear them, they're, like, they're all drunk. And you're like, fuck. And by the way, I was by myself. I didn't have anybody else as if anybody with me. Yeah, to lean And then on five minutes in, you're like, this is amazing. And then that's you, like, you just... 
Yeah. You're just completely unfazed by it. Yeah. Um, but I you first have seeing, to do it. Seeing the fan, like fans, should I say listeners. The pod pigs. The pod pigs, yeah. Seeing them actually in the flesh. Because like, like we are now, we're just sat here in a, in a room. Yeah. Me and Zoe have done that for 18 months. We've never... Yes, we get people come up and say hello to us when we're out and about, but to actually see people that are there to see you... Oh, it's amazing. So different. It's a, it's, it's a hard feeling to describe because I yeah. remember looking out and being like, you've ever paid money to come to here. come see you, yeah. I know, and it's uh, it's a nice feeling. But, you know, you create something good and so yeah. it's testament to what you've created that people were coming out to see you and judging by the videos and the photos and that, like they had an absolute fucking ball. It was so fun. Yeah. So I mean, back bongos bingo style night. It was good fun. Ah, excellent. <laughs> um, can you remember any of these stories? You did one where you're getting people, where well, they were voice noting or sending messages in about like their Tinder mishaps and all that. Yeah. Like, is there any? Because I remember pissing myself laughing at it. I can't remember any. Well, you think of some. My favourite one because I did something similar. Yeah. Where I got people to send me things in because I did an episode about Tinder and like being mad and stuff. And my favourite one was there was a girl who said, actually, I was going to play it like the clip of me, but I'll not be able to find it. But basically, she went on a date with a guy during COVID. And it was her first date and the first time they'd met. And he was on his phone a lot. Yeah. And she's like, it's a bit weird. And he's like, oh, I'm going to meet my sister. So she's kind of like, what the hell is going on? And then when she arrived, um, his cat was in a shoebox because the cat had died. And they were having a funeral for like for the cat. So she's like started laughing at like the... Uh, like the fucking craziness of this whole situation and he's like went off his nut at her and he's like the cat was like a brother to me like I can't believe you're laughing <laughs> oh my god I, I know it's fucking and it, that kind of then triggered me doing this whole deep dive into like the madness that happens on dating Dates, apps yeah. like this what was it the guy messaged the girl saying I want to lick your fart box and Zoe said she went I wouldn't unmatch him for that <laughs> 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 well, I mean, he's offering oh, you a good, some girl. He's offering you a good time. Yeah, anyway, there was you? all sorts of random stories. I think my favourite ever story on that we've done was the episode where I said garlic trotters, and that one for me, or Baldy Toe, was the best. And it's still the girl actually that was the garlic trotter girl was in the, at the live show, and I, couldn't, I felt like I was meeting a celeb. I had loved her that much, and basically, <laughs> she, she it, I won't be even be able to relay it that funny, but. She said that they were getting down and dirty, her and her boyfriend. And she'd been... Gardening? Called, no, down, down and dirty, like, getting kinky that with was, one another. That was a joke. You twat. <laughs> Gardening. And then uh, she went, um, uh, he started sucking my toe, but we wouldn't normally do that. We were just feeling a bit crazy at the time. And then he started sniffing, saying he could taste garlic. What? And what had happened was she, she said that I was cooking early that day and she went, a, a piece of garlic must have gone and dropped and stuck <laughs> to my trotters. <laughs> oh, and just the way she worded it and I read it out and me and Zoe are wheezing of laughter <laughs> and obviously sucking her toe like, why does this taste of garlic? She dropped it on her toe as she was cooking. Just silly things like that and oh, we just have some laugh. So, oh, it's just brilliant. Did you ever do more guests? Because like the Dominatrix one was quite... That did well. Yeah, yeah it was so quite this good. season we've got a few coming up but we, I've always said from the very start I wanted like weird, not weird, but normal people to come on that have weird and wonderful jobs but also informative so I really want a financial advisor to come on that's relatable that isn't too like numbersy and all that um I would absolutely love somebody that's into like uh not so much psychic but 
Just I would fucking love. I had a psychic gun. Sorry Did to interrupt. You? Yeah. And uh, I'd love that, I think. So episode the Scottish Ghost Hunters. Oh, okay. Scottish Ghost Company. So I had them on and I was like asking him stuff. Yeah. And basically he went, Well, there's the spirit of a a young girl sitting beside you oh, right now. Oh no, Sean. And I was that. like, fuck off, no. mate. And it was actually quite a good episode if anyone wants to go yeah. back and listen to it. Scottish Ghost Hunters. And um, it fucking pretty much petrified me. And he said, this is a spirit that's kind of around you all the time. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck that would be. Did you find out who it was? Nah. That's but quite terrifying. I would, I would actually like to go and just see a psychic in general. Yeah, you know? I would. I think that would be quite that. interesting. I'd also like somebody to come on that's an expert in um, fertility, egg freezing. I think a lot of women out there are really interested in that, especially at the age that I am. And I speak a lot about the pressures of society and being a early early 30s coming into yeah. my mid-30s woman in a 10-year relationship with no ring on my finger and no baby people just cannot grasp that they can't who get their head around a, it uh, who gives a fuck i know I what's the difference what is the difference people cannot get their head around it um and i think Time's a lot of changed. people feel that way so i want to get somebody on for that and there's a few other people in glasgow that i'd like to get on as well mm. but yeah definitely I, guess i do enjoy that i think you'd be you would be good because in order to have a, a proper, I suppose, entertaining, but not pointless conversation, you need to give the guest space to speak. Yeah. And you kind of have to, you you then become a conduit mm-hmm. for them telling their story. Yeah, exactly. And I think you've just kind of naturally nailed it. Yeah, we do. We are good at that, to be fair, especially when a guest, yeah, like you say, a guest comes mm-hmm. on. So yeah, we, I do love doing it. And season four is going to come back soon. We've just got a lot of changes happening at the moment. Studio and... Yeah. Good things, things in the come to those. Yeah. Good things come to those who wait. Exactly. Well, I wish you all the best with it. It'll absolutely fly. Thank you. It is great fun. In fact, I'm going to go and listen to another one. Really? As I leave, yeah. yeah it's funny, I... um, Graham, he told us when he looked at some of the stats that there is actually a lot more male listeners than what we think, and there is, there's so many. Mm-hmm. And apparently they enjoy listening to a female conversation, an insight to a female's conversation, and also just... I don't think we speak complete nonsense. I know some of the episodes are like makeup hauls and things where m- most men wouldn't be that interested in. Maybe they want to listen for maybe themselves, you don't know, or yeah. they want to buy for someone, but... Well, I'll, I'll make an admission, right, about having an insight into a female's conversation. Mm-hmm. So I listened to... I had a, a podcast guest. It was Davinia Taylor. Mm-hmm. And what I do before I interview somebody is I read everything that's ever been written. About them. Uh, yeah, everything they've ever said everything every video every pod, everything whatever i can find and i found one a podcast called made by mamas right and it's zoe hardman who's like a dj in heart radio i think she maybe does breakfast and her pal and it's literally them talking about being mums yeah and i like it. i pure enjoy yeah, listening it. to it because it's funny like yeah. it's funny but it's like this whole other dynamic yeah. this whole other sort of thing that i would just never it would never cross my radar yeah and i'm like that's quite interesting and their humor and it's like, I think what guys forget quite a lot is women have, it's like a similar sense of fucking vulgarity or humour. Oh, they it's do. Not like, yeah, they or do. fucking worse. Like, I've heard Definitely you's... Worse. Like, <laughs> Definitely worse. Well, that's what I, Graham says when yeah. he listens to our conversation. He says, there's never a point where I would be stuck in a room with two women for an hour listening by choice to this yeah. type of conversation. But... The things that he's learned, the things that he hears. Sometimes he disagrees with most of the things we say, but equally learns a lot and is like, mm, yeah, I guess I do see it from that side point of view. Or 
So it is, and I guess a man listening to the podcast willingly would be the same. Yeah. Well, different alter- different perspectives are. Yeah. A, it's a prerequisite mm. of um, progress. I don't know. Ding. That's my email. Um, so 2024 is going to be a big year then. I really hope so. This is the year that I feel like I need to knuckle down, get myself into a bit more of a routine with work and get the website up and running. That should be up and running by spring. I'm investing quite a bit of time and money into that. I really want it to be the dog's bollocks. Yeah. Um, but also creating more authentic content, working with some really great brands. Um, I love the hosting part. I want the podcast to be more of a success. Um, and just building it more as a business as opposed to just solely being feeling like an influencer um i don't feel like an influencer i never have yeah. i feel like um content creator and i don't even know what you would call well, it the ter- i mean the term influencer it's it's often used as a pejorative term isn't it yeah to try and put you down a bit or exactly to, to put you in a box and go you're just this thing but i don't feel that way and yeah. I, don't, I don't i'm not offended when people call me it either but um, i think you can tell if somebody's being derogatory or derisive or if they're just using it as an umbrella yeah. catch-all term for sure. I just feel like I've really proud, my, proud, prided myself, is that the word? Prided, yeah. Prided myself on um, getting a trusting following um, and just being my true self as much as I can and only posting things that I truly love. Yes, I do work with quite a lot of brands now, but that's because <clears throat> I've authentically posted about them and then, and then they come and want to work with you. That's how yeah. these things work. I and was... they're like, oh, well, thank you for that shout out. We'd love to continue work with you. That's just how it works. So, yeah. As as a pure full-time weirdo, I listened to a, a mini lecture on... Uh, oh, God, I don't know how to describe it now. It was like a physics lecture. Yeah. And they were saying that what they can do is shut people into a room where they remove all frequency, all radio waves or everything, so there's nothing there. And they can measure then, like, radio waves that emanate from a person's body. The energy. Yeah. And they were saying that it is so finely tuned... That they can, and they know so much now, that they can measure what is radiating from a person and they can tell you what emotion they're feeling. Wow. Based on, and they said that the the most powerful emotion or, or, or sort of energy that they can measure and identify is authenticity. Really? I thought it would have been gratitude. Wow. Like I said, with authenticity and when two authentic people who are being, and by that meaning just being their Be authentic themselves, selves. Yeah that that then energy is, is magnified or is amplified yeah. by like a further seven or eight times and it wow. becomes like the most powerful sort of connection in the world. So if you meet somebody who it's is... So unapologetically themselves. Aye, and, and they're, they're, they mean well in, in the way yeah. that they do it, then... I mean, this so is interesting. A, I know, I mean, that's a very long roundabout, fucking poorly explained scientific way of saying that that's probably why people react to you in the way that you do because you are authentically yourself. Yeah, somebody made a comment to me the other day. I found it quite interesting. Um, it was a friend of mine who is an influencer. And she was saying that she feels people in Glasgow want to hate her. Yeah. Like they want to constantly dislike her. Is that somebody I know? Yeah. I've, I've pro- you tell me later, I've probably yeah. got an idea who it is. Yeah. And I disagree because I find this person very unapologetically themselves. Yeah. And I feel like she's quite misunderstood. But anyway, I was like, I was disagreeing with her. No, I don't feel that way about you. But then she said to me, but with you, Jess, I feel like people want to like you. Yeah. And I was like, well, I wonder why that is. I can't, that might not be the case. I'm sure that not everyone will like me. And I, fair I enough. I think you're an asshole. <laughs> well, thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate you for saying that. No, I just feel like I, I, I know in my heart that I'm 
a good person and I mean well and I would never want to do anything do anyone wrong so I don't actually care if anyone feels that way about me because I know that says more about them than me but this person that said I felt sorry for her because I thought well I don't feel that way and it's sad that that energy you're portraying you're getting that back and once you said that to me like people want to like you I thought that's nice to hear that yeah but um I don't know maybe that is what you say like I'm true to myself or I don't know I I'm a bit older than this person as well. I'm quite a lot older. I'm a bit more aware of who I am and what I want from life and the energy that I like to attract and be around. I think if we're being blunt, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but if somebody looks great, because obviously you look great, but say somebody's like every day, it's five times a day, like fucking gorgeous I am. And then what happens is people don't often dislike you. They dislike themselves and they kind of project it onto you. Yeah, I guess so. And if you make them feel a wee bit... Insecure. Yeah, it's not your fault. That's fucking on them. But the reality is, if they then feel that way, then they're going to take that out on you because you're the one who made them feel that way. The actual fact yeah. is, they feel that way about themselves, but they see you as a trigger for it or a sort of key, true, yeah. a key proponent of why they feel that way. Yeah, I do try my best to not um, get myself in like a negative space or listen to any sort of negative comments. Or I don't get a lot of, I don't really get an awful lot of negative stuff anyway to me personally, directly to me, should I say. But I would try and avoid, best avoid it because I can't get my, let myself get into that space because it would affect you i'm just human it would so i just try my best to surround myself with good energy and good people all the, the time the way i see it is it's the people who are in your life who know you who who actually know you yeah what do they think about you oh, i hope to fit them like me yeah i think i've got a feeling they do. i think you hope so i mean if, i've got a hunch that they think you're quite a nice person yeah and it's it's like that's kind of what matters the rest is kind of outside noise no, a million percent. And I think even with you, Sean, like before I met you, you kind of have this, I didn't know you well at all, but I see you and I've listened to some stuff. You would have, you automatically have this, like he's extremely intelligent. I know he can speak loads of languages. He's a good looking guy. You don't know, you, you might Keep think you're going to be a bit of a off. dick. <laughs> yeah. But actually when I met you, yeah, you wear all of those things, <laughs> yeah. but you're actually just a lovely person. And I think people, there's so many people that are misunderstood that are online or in this sort of line of work. Yeah until you meet them and you actually get to the nitty gritty about who they are and what they are as a person. Yeah. It's quite sad, really. Yeah, I think so. I think I can be quite misunderstood or misjudged, but... Yeah, I, I definitely can see that, that why that would be, but people would be probably intimidated by you. Yeah, and so they fucking should be. Don't they? <laughs> fucking go on in. <laughs> fucking beat you up. That was a joke, by the way, for any new listeners that are in. Uh, I'm only kidding. Um, I have kept you for long enough, but this has it's been, been great. Pleasure. It's been... I haven't seen this to you for ages, so I'm glad we finally got yeah. finally get round to it. Yes. Can I go and speak to Owen Wilson? Yes, you can. I know you always like my pictures I, of my cats. I, I love cats, man. They're do so you? Cute. Ah, yeah, of course I do. I love dogs as well. But I mean, I love yeah, cats. Yeah, I love dogs. Cats are cute, and these two wee guys. Because when I came in, they were like, who the fuck is this? Because the house cats are a little bit timid, but once they get to know you, they're, they're great. They're cute. They're great, yeah. Well, what is on for the rest of the day? Um, do you know what? Not an awful lot. I might see if Richie wants to go and grab some lunch now. But Good shit. I don't know. I'm going to go and do a wee bit, of work. wee bit of work, get to the gym, doing 5Ks every day and then getting my, yeah. doing my 5K, eat and then go and do my strength what, session. What, can you run 5K in? What time am I doing it? So I'm trying to do zone two training. Do you ever yeah, do that? I've seen a lot of people talk about zone two. So zone two training is not exerting too much pressure on the body, but it's best for your stamina build up and yeah. for fat burn as well, because when you're in your zone two heartbeat range, or your sort of heart rate range, your body is taking its energy source directly from your fat stores. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go up to three, four, five, 
it needs energy straight away, so it's taken from your glycogen, your sort of carbohydrate stores. And well, both are beneficial. That's very interesting. Yeah, both are beneficial, both are great, but I'm just finding that my body fat is like stripping right back, and I'm like, oh, we're onto something here. Oh, that's brilliant. So just getting it done. And then it means as well, because you can't really go and do a strength workout and go and run like fuck, because the two of them will just end up cancelling each other out a wee bit. Well, I've, I've signed up to a half a, half a marathon and a second high rock, so I'm trying to keep fit. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do a half marathon or a marathon. Have you never ran nah, that sort of length just before? Nah, just 10Ks in Barcelona, that's it. Yeah, same. I ran my longest run yesterday, which is 11, um, and I found it doable. Well, you've been, I've noticed that you've been running constantly. Yeah, Even like trying. after a night on the booze in Dubai and stuff. Yeah, well, I fucking trying. Rather, rather you than me. Although I've ditched booze. Have you? For a best only, I mean, only. Oh, for Jan? Or I good? think I'll go right up to, I'll go right up to the end of March. Brilliant. And then I'll see. And Why March? A, Purely because Celtic are playing Rangers a few days later. Oh, shut up. So, I mean, you know what it's like? The whole, <laughs> yeah. So you kind of get sucked into that. And you know like, what? Don't you feel like, though, there's a lot of people in Glasgow, especially, I suppose because we're in this circle, but that are doing the same thing. So yeah. many people are into the running, fitness, off the booze. There's, there's a diff- People are different now. No I've, one wants to go on these benders nah, and feel like shit for weeks after. I've done it for 15 years, man. Yeah. Like, I've kind of like got to a point where I'm like, mm, I'm a bit bored of it. My la- last podcast I had was with a men's sobriety coach. Yeah, I listened and, to that. Yeah, and it's we good. were talking about it and it was like, can I just had enough? I'm sick of pausing myself. I build up this momentum. Everything's fitness and work flying. And then I'll go and drink and then for four or five days I'm off and then it's like you're trying to pick up that speed again Yeah. so it's like what will happen in life if I don't do that yeah if I don't <laughs> pot stop that momentum if I just keep going yeah so we'll see so listen in three months if fuck all happens I'll just go back to getting on it all the time yeah um, why not but you know we'll give it a, we'll give it a go <laughs> we'll go give back. it a try well well thank you for having me it's been a pleasure no thanks for coming honoured no it's been great it's been definitely one of my favourites and I know people are going to love it I hope they do I hope you've answered all the questions or anything I don't really know you did it was perfect it was just to be a conversation yeah so it was brilliant so thank you amazing for, for coming on and thank you as always for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode of Blethered cheers well I know that you're in with him cause I saw you dancing in the gym you both kicked off your shoes man I dig those rhythm and blues I was a lonely teenage bronc and buck with a pink carnation and a pickup truck but I knew I was out of luck the day the music died I started singing Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, and singing, This'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die.